This is the Ivy Retirement Podcast with Peter Laufenberg from the Ivy League Advisory Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Peter provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is the Ivy Retirement Podcast with Peter Laufenberg. Hello, and welcome back to the Ivy Retirement Podcast. My name is Peter Laufenberg from the Ivy League Advisory Group. If you'd like more information about what you hear during the show today, give us a call at 866-360-2724 or visit us online at theivag.com. And while at the website, click on the podcast page to check out past shows or to subscribe to our program on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And as always, please don't hesitate to reach out if you have any additional questions or you just want to set up to, uh, a meeting. We can do that either, either face-to-face or virtually. You know, it probably comes as no surprise when I tell you I like numbers, right? I like statistics and and looking at things. And a lot of times on this show, we'll talk about or I'll give you advice. Uh, and because we're crunched for time, we can't dive into things. So I may say something about, you know, Social Security isn't going to uh, provide all of your retirement income or you need to put more money in your 401k. But we never really dive into some of the statistics that drive that type of advice. So today I want to touch upon a couple of things. Why do I say what I say about Social Security or contributing to IRAs or 401ks uh, and give you some numbers and and kind of round out that picture why why I give that type of advice. But before I dive into that, I want to bring in my co-host, Tony. Tony, how are you today? I am doing great. Thanks for asking, Peter. I've had really an amazing week. I mean, just getting out and enjoying the weather once again as much as possible, but I'm also keeping busy and just waiting for summer <laughs> like the yeah. rest, like everyone, I'm sure all our listeners as well. And, and just, uh, you know, we, our show last time about the stimulus package, uh, just, uh, talking to folks about that. It's interesting. Otherwise. Yeah. Uh, not much else is new. How about you? Are you keeping busy? I am keeping busy, Tony. Yeah. Business is busy. A lot of people are, are, you know, as we're coming out of a, a year of COVID stuff, they're starting to think about <laughs> retirement and savings and financial plans. So things are busy on that front. And, you know, we just came off a weekend that was gorgeous for springtime. Oh, and, you know, you start yep. getting the taste of summer, even though it's still the end of March. Um, you know, you start thinking about those types of things and, and getting out of the winter slump. So, sure. yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for asking. Yeah, well... And I think this is going to be a good one. I mean, I'm ready for, you know, this show. I'm excited. Uh, you know, we're going to hear some stats about retirement, and that's a great way to give people quick information that can make a big difference. But you're calling this show eye-popping retirement <laughs> statistics, so this better be good, Peter. Yeah, well, I hope they uh, I hope they hit home for a lot of people and sure. help understand why, you know, again, why we give the advice that we do about various things. So. Sure. Where do you want to so, start? So, so let's start with Social Security. That's a big one, right? Uh, people, people need to keep in mind that Social Security was never designed to fully fund your retirement plans, right? Social Security is designed to replace only 40% of your pre-retirement income. So that means for every $10 that you made pre-retirement, Social Security, for the most part, is going to fund about $4 of that. Now, if you were in a higher income uh, uh 
bracket, that that Social Security is going to fund even less than that 40%. So you got to keep in mind that 40% is also based on your full retirement age. So for today's conversation, assume that's around 66. If you take it at a different time, particularly earlier, Social Security may fund even less of your retirement. So that's what drives a, a lot of our conversation about, hey, look, you need to save money in other accounts because Social Security very likely is not going to fund uh, all of your retirement income needs. Well, yeah. And I mean, so much comes into play. You're right. Social Security isn't going to cover it. I mean, I think I think the question we need to ask here is, what is retirement <laughs> for you exactly? Right? There's a soundboard. There it is. <laughs> there, there it is. Well, and, and the, the social security thing is attention getting because I think some people, especially younger workers out there, fall into that trap about ah, social security is going to be the end all be all. I've got that. I don't really need to worry. Maybe I've got a 401k. But the reality is you have to have a solid plan in place and work with a professional. And social security is just a component. It's the foundation, but it's only a small portion of the overall retirement strategy, right? Yeah, and I'm going to get to the a stat a bit later that's probably a little bit more relevant for younger workers. Uh, but, but yeah, again, Social Security ca- cannot you cannot keep Social Security in your mind as as the sole source. And as I mentioned here, you know, buttress my my comment about taking Social Security early. Fifty five percent of workers end up leaving the the workforce sooner than they initially anticipated. Right? Most people see their full retirement age. Let's say it being 66 is the age, okay, I'll wait till I'm 66 and retire. But something happens. Either you get sick of working or you have a health concern or a family uh, member has a health concern. You need to take care of them and you end up having to leave the workforce earlier and maybe trigger your Social Security, which means now you have even less Social Security income coming into your household. And that drives that gap between Social Security income and what you need even larger. And that gap's going to be filled with other retirement savings. Um, So again, you know, everything, nothing ever goes to plan, but at least starting to create a plan and having a baseline to work with is incredibly important um, so that you can have a a good understanding of how you're going to make things, uh, make ends meet at the very least in retirement or achieve some of the other retirement goals that you may have. Well, and to me, that really crystallizes the point to have a plan that can change a nimble financial strategy that allows you to pivot as circumstances change, right? Yeah, absolutely. You have to have a plan. You know, when we design plans for folks who we work with, one of the first things I tell them is this isn't written in stone, uh, but this is, you know, this is a good baseline. It's a good place to start with. And then we can tailor it based on how life changes. Um, and, and, you know, life does change. And I think when we talk about income gaps, uh, let me show you, share another stat with you here, Tony. Uh, we talk about the income gap, right? And, and having the fillet between social security and what you really need. Only six in 10, six in 10 workers are saving for retirement, right? Wow. So think about, think about the social security conversation we just had. 40% of the folks out there have not saved a nickel for retirement. Oh. And now that's, so so they're going to end up in a situation where they're going to either have to retire or choose to retire, and 40% of the f- folks out there will not have any other money other than Social Security. That's terrible. I mean, that that's a huge number. And if any of our listeners are in that 40% category, you got to work with a financial professional to get back on the right retirement track, right? Yeah, absolutely. You have to. And 
And look, even if you don't have any money saved for retirement, a lot of people say, well, I don't have any money. Why should I talk to you? Look, uh, sit down. You, we can still have a, a conversation about planning for retirement, what's going on, and then start putting together a plan to potentially start saving for retirement. So just because you don't have a dime saved for for retirement doesn't mean uh, you can or you shouldn't sit down with a financial service professional to start a conversation uh, about doing uh, about getting a plan together. So uh, if you want to do that, give us a call, 866-360-2724. Visit us online at the IVAG. Dot com and we can start that conversation. But here's another stat, Tony. So we talk about you know 40% of folks that don't have any sort of retirement savings. But if you then go to the 60% that do, on average, um, around you know uh, between 56 and 61, right? 60% of the folks have about $163,000 saved for retirement. Now you might say that's great, and that is a good number, right? Um, that's a decent pot of money to have saved. But if you think about retirement lasting 20 or 30 years, um, and you're going to have to draw that money down, let's say you draw it down at the the 4% rule, right? Which says you take 4% uh, every year of your, your principal or your account value, and that's what you live off of. That only turns into $6,500 a year to oh. make sure that that $163,000 lasts for 20 or 30 6, years. 6500 a year. <sighs> Which, a year which plus your social security. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> correct. Which is now, what maybe most people need to make a month at least. Correct. Maybe you're lucky and social security. Maybe maybe you're frugal. Social security is robust, and that sixty five hundred dollars is what you need. But I can tell you from making plans and working with folks that generally is not enough. So it's great that you have savings, but the the conversation really needs to be how do we start boosting that if you're in the in the place to do it. Mm. Yeah, that's tough. That's a, a yet another reason to get together with somebody like yourself, a financial services professional. Uh, and ultimately, there are income earning tools that you can add to your strategy, right? Uh, that may put you on firmer footing. Uh, what do you have for us next? Yeah, so this is one that surprises me when, when I was was looking into some of these stats. You know, a lot of people use 401k for savings, but only 8% of eligible workers actually use an IRA, an individual retirement account. Only 8% take money and put them put it into an account uh, for retirement. Now, again, as I alluded to, a lot of people have a 401k and they use that. But here's a, an IRA is a vehicle in which you can put additional money in and you have a lot more control over how it's invested and how you're going to use it. And only 8% of those who are eligible for an IRA use it. That's 92% of those folks that are eligible don't even use an IRA, whether it's a Roth or a traditional IRA. That That's alarming, especially when we're trying to get to a point where we're trying to get more retirement savings. Well, yeah, definitely. And I knew an IRA would come into here. I, I know that, uh, you know, 401ks, IRAs, you need, to, you need to look at these things. So I know a lot of these stats, it's been a great show so far. Uh, let's let's shift to a 401k though. What about that? Yeah, so so a 401k, right? We we've talked about this. We've done shows about 401ks, but it's a great vehicle, and for a lot of folks, this is where they're going to do their primary their primary savings for retirement. But but think about this, Tony. Twenty percent of Americans are not taking complete advantage of their 401k match. We we've beaten this <laughs> we've beaten this tree a lot, and we're gonna I'm gonna mention it again. A lot of people contribute to their 401k, but they do not max it out to get the full re, uh, full um, uh, 
amount that their their employer is going to put in that account that that extra contribution and they're leaving free money on the table free retirement money that especially if you're young over time with compounding interest is going to grow uh, uh quite a bit for you and help you have income for when you retire 20% of americans are not taking advantage of that which blows my mind um I don't know about you, Tony, but I like taking free money when the opportunity presents itself. <laughs> you and me both, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously. So, and, and you don't have to be any kind of financial wizard to know that you should not turn down free money, right? Yeah, that's exactly correct. And and a lot of times uh, what ends up happening is people just sign up for these plans and, and they get dumped into a standard contribution rate. And they don't even realize that that contribution rate is below what they need to do. They get the full match. So so making sure you understand what's going on is important. So the next step I want to go to, Tony, is, is the one I mentioned about younger workers. And it deals with Social Security. And it is concerning, right? The truth of the matter is Social Security is potentially going to run out of money in the next decade. Decade. If you go right to the source, the Social Security trustees, the people that actually run Social Security, they produce a report every year. And their most recent report explains that unless taxes are increased or benefits are slashed, the Social Security trust fund, the fund that actually pays for benefits, is going to run out in 2034. That's 14 years from now. 2034. I'll repeat right. that number again, that year again. <laughs> I got it. Now, if that, okay, if that happens, right, taxes are, are going to um, only cover 77% of the benefits that are out there, right? So anyone who's on Social Security may have their benefits reduced by 23%. If you're in. <laughs> Super scary. Super scary. And if you're not receiving Social Security benefits, right, you're, you're at this point paying into the program and, and it, it may, you know, Reducing benefits and increasing the tax for Social Security are probably both on the tables to fill that gap. Now, uh, my personal opinion here is Social Security obviously is a, an incredibly popular program. It's also become a very important program. So my guess is is the politicians in Washington who ultimately make these decisions will do something because it will cost them votes at the end of the day. Uh, but the truth of the matter is when we talk about Social Security being part of your retirement plan and your retirement income plan, obviously, one, it doesn't meet all your needs, but you can't trust that it may always, you know, it's it's going to be there for you all the time. I would right. say if you're a baby boomer, if you're 55 or older, you're pretty safe. If you're younger than that, then you should be planning on Social Security probably not being funded in the way that it currently is and making a plan that deals with that reality. And then if it is, you're in a good place. Um, but it's worse to plan for Social Security as it currently is and then it not be there and leave a huge gap for you and your family in retirement. Well, yeah, I don't think Social Security is going to go anywhere because it's they call it the third rail of politics. Nobody wants to touch it. And they and we've been at this point before. I mean, I remember, you know, in the early 80s, my parents were talking about Social Security running out by like 1993 or something you know, or not being solvent, but they do things sure. to shore it up. They raise the, but, but the benefits will not be as much, you know, they're going to reduce c certain benefits. I think you're right there. Uh, and you never know in this day and age. So you do have to watch it. Now, during the well, first segment, you talked about the importance of not relying too much on social security. And you're saying that again, uh, clearly this is an example of making sure that it's part of your strategy not your entire strategy. So what do you have next? 
Well, well, Tony, you said an interesting. You made an interesting point about back in the '80s, right? There was a conversation, and and there's always been this rumbling that Social Security is not going to be there. But I think right. I, I kind of just want to buttress that thought with with a demographic kind of demographic statistics that go with this. So remember, you pay money into Social Security, and that money essentially gets paid out to those who are receiving it. Well, historically, the ratio has always been three to one, right? Three individuals paying in for one claiming a benefit, right? But here's the problem. Problem. Demographics are changing. By the time we get to 2035, that ratio goes from three to one to 2.5, 2.2 to one. Right. So we've reduced it almost to two oh, to one. Wow. So so yeah, we we've got a lot of issues with with benefits being being paid out. But the, it, there's a demographic issue which you can't really reverse because that's a long term process where there's fewer people paying in um, and, or more people getting benefits. However you want to look at it. So. True. Something's going to break with Social Security. And no, the benefits very likely are not going to go away. But again, it may not be, the benefits may not be as robust as they currently are. True. And, and keep in mind, this demographic issue isn't just about Social Security. It also has to do with health care, right? Because whether it's Medicare, whether it's uh, health insurance in the private sector, it's all based on the fact that you have folks that are healthy paying in, paying premiums to, for the folks that need their benefit on the other end. Well, if you have fewer people paying into the health care, then that either is going to drive up the cost uh, or reduce health care outcomes. So this demographic issue is probably one that's, the, out of all of the stuff we talk about today, is the one that's of biggest concern because that drives all the numbers on a long-term basis. Yeah, yeah and I think that's huge. Now, uh, I think that's definitely something we have to keep an eye on then, obviously. I love all these stats you're giving us, Peter. This is good. So let's yeah. keep it going. What's next? So let's shift back to 401ks, right? Because 401ks, as I mentioned, we have Social Security, which makes up a you know a solid amount of retirement income, not all of it, but usually 401ks are going to be the other vehicle that people use. Now, the contribution rate, the amount of money that have that people have put into 401ks have dropped over the last half decade, right? So in 2015, uh, the average worker, average person eligible to put money into a 401k was putting about 6.9% of their, uh, their income into a 401k. Now, at the end of 2020, that number has dropped from 6.9 to 6.2, and the downward trend is pretty obvious. Now, this has to do for a number of reasons, but the biggest one has to do with one I've, uh, an issue that I've already mentioned. Usually people sign up for a, a 401k and they put it on autopilot. The automatic amount that most people enrolled for are 3% and they just leave it and they move on with their lives without ever going, you know, maybe I should be putting more into my 401k because either they don't have a plan or they didn't realize they can. You can put a lot more money into a 401k on your end than what you're generally signed up for. And what's happening is more and more people are putting less money into their 401k, uh, an account that they're going to need down the road when they actually retire. Yeah. Obviously, 401ks are just so critical for so many people out there, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, like I said, it's it's the key area where a lot of people are are going to save the majority of their their retirement savings and, and 
you know, you want to make sure you understand that vehicle, how it works within your employers and, and how much you can actually put into there. For the most part, you know, a, a good rule of thumb is, is to have 10% of your salary, your gross salary going into a, a 401k. I realize 10% is a high number, but if that's a, something you can work towards even over a few years, if you can get that up to 10% plus your employer's match contribution, then you're going to be in really good shape when um, when you get to retirement or you should be in good shape. So what do you have next? What's, what's another stat that we should know about? Yeah. So this one, you know, this one is going to buttress our, our conversation or what I've talked about before about having emergency savings, right? So we've talked about social security. We've talked about 401k that has to do with retirement, but the truth, the truth of the matter is you should probably have some money stacked away just for some sort of emergency. So you don't have to dip into your retirement savings. So here's the stat. Half of American households have $5,000 or less, um, stocked into some sort of emergency uh, savings account. And so the truth of the matter is you need to be working to save money so that you don't have to dip into retirement, right? Anytime you dip dip into a retirement account, it usually creates either a taxable event. And it's also could be a penalty if you're not old enough. So having some money that is socked away to make sure you can deal with emergencies and not have to raid any sort of retirement account is really important. And and generally, we would say have about five, seven thousand dollars there for emergencies. But you know, any sort of amount that you can get is important. But keep in mind, most Americans um, can't even cannot come up with enough money to pay for a four hundred dollar emergency, no oh. less a five thousand dollar emergency. Yeah. So, in an overall view of looking at uh, financial items making sure you have some sort of cushion there for emergencies is incredibly important. Yeah. The emergency fund is huge, obviously. Yep. And, and that number, those numbers surprise me. I mean, if any of our listeners fall into the whole, I don't have an emergency savings or I only have you know $500 or less, there are steps and tools that may be able to catch them up. Another significant element, Tony, I want to touch upon, it has to do with medical expenses. And let's talk about a couple of stats here that drive a lot of the conversation with medical. You know, a married couple who retired in 2018, let's say they're age 65, they can expect to pay about 200, almost $300,000 in healthcare costs over their retirement. This isn't this isn't Medicare stuff. This isn't reimbursements. This is out of pocket money, um, and that that does not include any sort of long term care that may be needed. And again, that's a number from 2018, and it's only going up from there. Wow. Okay. So I think when I talk to people who are getting closer to retirement, uh, they get nervous about healthcare expenses, and that that topic comes up a lot. So it is vital to make sure that your retirement strategy really has a robust plan for managing healthcare costs then. Yeah. Any sort of financial plan for retirement needs to take into account healthcare, right? Because it's a fact of the matter, as we get older, very likely we're going to need more healthcare. And the truth of the matter is um, a lot of people, uh, most people think they're going to get to retirement, all their expenses are going to go down. But, but here's a stat that proves that wrong. Retired households, for example, spend 14% of their income on healthcare, while a working household only spends 5% on their, their healthcare. Wow. So once you get into retirement, when you were working, you only had to allocate 5% of your, your income to healthcare needs. Well, once you hit retirement, this stat's saying now for, that almost triples. Now 15% of your income is going to end up being dedicated to healthcare needs. 
So if you haven't accounted for that, now all of a sudden you're, you're planning to do X, Y, Z, but 15% of your income is getting shipped off to healthcare needs as opposed to going on a vacation or going to play golf every day. If you don't plan for these things, then you're going to be put in a position where uh, your retirement may not be exactly what you want it to be. Exactly. Wow. Okay. And I know you've said in the past, take full advantage when you are working of savings tools like health savings accounts to help deal with that and, and put money away for, uh, you know, medical expenses, have that part of your retirement plan, but we're out of time for today's show. It flew by Peter. Is there anything else you want to add before we go? Yeah, Tony, there's a couple of quick things I want to say. You know, we talk about these stats and I want to make sure people understand that there's nothing, you know, just because you haven't saved enough for retirement or you've only planned on Social Security, there's nothing wrong, right? This is not a a real judgment statement, but it's, it's a fact to say, hey, look, if you've been doing things the way... Um, you were told, you know, just sign up for a 401k and don't worry, Social Security will take care of you. The truth of the matter is that's not entirely true. And the goal of sharing these stats, Tony, is to say, hey, look, you probably need to sit down and put the numbers all out on a, on a sheet of paper, work with someone who understands how retirement works and how streams of income work in retirement to make sure you're on target. And if you're not, how can we make sure we make the necessary adjustments that get you to a place where you want to be? So again, if that's a conversation that you want to have, if putting together some sort of plan that is, is comprehensive, that's holistic, um, that's done by a fiduciary is important to you, give us a call, 866 360 or visit us on the IVAG.com and we'll sit down and we'll start that process on on putting you uh, either confirming that you're on a path to retire successfully or putting you on that path to make sure when you get to retirement, when you want to, things are going to be able to happen the way you want them to happen. So um, yeah, 866-360-2724. All right. Thanks, Peter. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of the Ivy Retirement Podcast with our host, Peter Loffenberg. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Ivy Retirement Podcast. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Peter Loffenberg at the Ivy League Advisory Group. Call 866-360-2724 or visit them online at theivyag.com. Investment advisory services offered through the Ivy League Advisory Group, LLC. Tilton, New Hampshire, 866-360-2724. A registered investment advisor registered in the state of New Hampshire and Vermont. Peter Loffenberg and the Ivy League Advisory Group, LLC, are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.